Um, bam, we're live. Uh, okay. Facundo's first question: Where the fuck is Brian? Uh, my words, not his. Yeah. My paraphrase. He told me he was going to be there, so. Um, I sent him a um text just now with the link, and um, and 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 I said eight minutes. Um, um, I sent him a. I think that I need to turn off. I, it's done. Wait, wait. wait. And I said, let me just, just, I I muted him. (laughs) I've never muted a guest. And it was a great show, guys. Thank you for coming. Facundo, stunning background. And uh, we'll see you this evening. Um, Good evening. Oh, yeah, from Dubai. Good evening, Melissa. That was a great show. Thanks for coming on, Caleb. Uh, that was two shows, 12 hours apart. That, that is a record for our shortest show ever. Um, and, uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow at 7am. Who do we have tomorrow? <clears throat> oh, that's awesome. We went from Facundo to Brian. We went from Facundo to no Facundo to Brian. Dalton Musclewhite tomorrow. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's right. That's the weight loss story. You know, I think that guy weighed 515 pounds and, and, and dropped down to two, 215. Dude. And I think he's put on like 85 more. I, it's going to be fun getting to the, I love those stories. But don't tell anyone. The reason why I really like them is those are my easiest podcasts because I have so many questions that are just like – You didn't mute me. It just kicked me off. Oh, I did, did you get kicked off? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oops. <laughs> Good morning, Facundo. Good morning, Brian. I'm very happy you are there. Oh, I, I just, uh, I, I, uh, I knew I had to come on this one. Yeah, I must, I'm, I'm actually more scared about you than uh, Sivan because I know Sivan. I can, I can tame him quite easily. You, you can tame me quite easily. I, I'm having a guest on next week um, uh, named Patrick Bet David. And um, he was on Joe Rogan. And, he, and he, when he was on there, I was watching the video and he kind of took, takes over the show. And I was like, oh, yeah, I had a guest like that once who fucking took over the show, Facundo. Mara Horvath. What? <laughs> I don't know if she took it or you took it over. Laura Horvath was just like, it was, I thought I was doing a podcast that turned into a lion taming show. But you actually oh. took it over. Like, I felt like I was on a couch laying down and you were, you were getting to the bottom of my issues. I was like, oh, shit. Well, if you start a conversation where saying, I dreamt and I'm very, I feeling very intimate today. You know. <laughs> is that how I started it? Yeah. Oh my goodness. That means the door is open. I have no boundaries. I actually, I actually been doing some research on you, and I realized the other day I watched, um, and it's a good way to start. I think I heard that you said to Angela Di Chico that you are scared of turbulence, and when you are flying and you get scared, you have a tendency of thinking of people that you dislike enormously. And you tend to shout or to say, "I love, I love you." you. Um, um, the one, the one correction I say on there: it's not that um, I think of people I dislike, but I have a protocol where if if your name pops in my head, regardless of how I feel about you, I have to like give you my best. I love you. And sometimes people put names pop in my head that I don't want to say that to, but I, but it's the rules. The rules are the rules. I think it, it, I think it's interesting that in moments of despair you find solace in people you don't know, random people that you tend to shout out loud, you know? <laughs> in, in moments of despair, I will be thinking about my family. I will be thinking about, I don't know, you know. They come in I, once in a while. They, they oh, sometimes want to. I think that in the, in the next few hours, we can uh, 
touch back into that when you okay anytime i get to anytime i think that facundo has an is that your um i'm not even gonna say it i'll 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 accidentally unleash the facundo beast if i say it oh you can't can't go no no i'm scared of you um facundo (laughs) are you in europe i'm in europe now yeah i'm uh, finally after two months of traveling i'm back home for 10 days and and you're in geneva No, I wish. I'm in Brussels, in Belgium. Brussels. And why did I think you're in Geneva? Do you work in Geneva? What, where are my wires getting caught? No, no, no. I think that you thought about that because I used to work in the European Parliament. And even though, wait, 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 even though Geneva is not part of the European Union, many people believe that everything that is diplomacy in the, in the EU is in Switzerland, which is incorrect. Okay, okay. And, and, and Brussels is, uh, can I see where Brussels is, uh, Caleb? Yeah, I mean, you, you will have a hard job finding it out. It's a, it's a tiny country in, with the, in between uh, France, um, Luxembourg, Germany, and the Netherlands. And Luxembourg, it might even be smaller. Yeah, so uh, that is where I live. And uh, so if you go uh, west, you have uh, France, well, that's east. <laughs> that's Germany. <laughs> Can you come out even more, um, Caleb? Because I still have no idea yeah, where we're go. at. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, okay. I didn't even know Brussels was it. So Brussels is the capital of Belgium? Brussels is the capital of Belgium, yeah. I took a train one time from Netherlands to Paris, and when it stopped in Belgium, um, uh, some gypsies robbed us, but we were able to chase them down and get it back. It was nuts. It was absolutely you, nuts. You're telling me that you faced some gypsies and you beat them and you won? I did not fight them, but I got my stuff back. We chased okay. them down and got our stuff back. There was no, there was no beating anybody. Okay, good. I, so I don't, that, that happened to us in, in Vietnam. We got totally just fooled by two people on motorbikes. There was no chasing them down. I mean, you know that I love Americans, but many of these countries tend to see you as very naive. So they yes. take advantage of you. Yes, <laughs> yes. We, we basically what happened is it was it was myself and a friend Carrie Peterson and we jumped on a night train from Amsterdam to Paris, and uh, when the train stopped in Belgium, they had opened our train doors and taken our some of our luggage and our passports, and they made it seem like they left, got off the plane, and when we ran and asked the the guy, not the I guess they're called a train conductor, it's the guy who watches the door, people coming on and off the train. And he said, we said, hey, did you see anyone jump off the train? And all of a sudden, when we got on the train, he spoke English. And then all of a sudden, he didn't speak English. And it was weird. So we started, it was like three in the morning. And we started opening the doors of all the cabins. And we opened a cabin. And there were like 10 people in the room from age like five to like like an 80-year-old woman. And they had taken all the seats in the cabin and turned them all into beds. And they were all sitting on there. And they were just, they were gypsies. They were dressed like gypsies. And uh, I said, hey, where's my bag? And a big, like, 15-year-old kid stood up who could have easily beat me up, and he starts yelling at me in some language I don't understand. And then I looked under the chairs and the couches, and there was our our stuff, our jackets, our passports, our luggage. So I grabbed it and ran back to our cabin. Okay. It was kind of – it was scary. It was scary can, shit. Can, I almost got beat define, up by a 15-year-old. Can you define gypsy, please, in your eyes? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Like a like just a motley crew, like a like a fa- first of all, it was like their family. It was like it was like four generations, right? It was a little kid to the grandma. They were all together. They had everything in this cabin. Like they, like they looked like they were huddled around a campfire, but it was inside of a train cart. I mean, you, know you I mean? have big imagination, right? But yeah, anyway, amazing. Imagination. You're telling me that anybody who is like put all oh man, 
Yeah. Oh, it was those people in that black and white photo, but but add four dudes to it. Okay. Hey, but I would have really have liked to have seen the Gypsy Sisters. Okay, okay, that would have okay. been so, awesome. So the, the problem is that nowadays uh, the, the term Gypsy, and you know that you will, you're going to love this, but it's kind of politically incorrect because you might want to call those people that are called Roma, not Gypsies, so they, 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 they are part of, you know, their population and culture in Europe. Yeah. Uh, and Gypsy, we can, I don't know. I, I, I don't think we, we use the term Gypsy very much anymore. But you're 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 like you're like controversy. You, I'm sure you can keep using it for a while. I I heard that you're supposed to not even say like there's this phrase in the United States that you say I got gypped, meaning like you paid too much for a car or something. And I heard that you're not supposed to say that because that's a reference to gypsies, and then it means that gypsies gyp people. But but it's funny. I never thought of gypsies as a um, ethnicity. Like I thought there were Armenian gypsies and Mexican gypsies. I just thought it was just like yeah, people exactly. who, like nomads. I thought it was nomads who steal wallets. Yeah. But the, the, the picture you just <laughs> the picture you just showed before, yes. uh, it's it, they are Roma Roma people people from the ethnicity of Roma. It's R O M A. Um, if if our beautiful producer can go back to the to the first, yes. picture. he's got it here. He's got it here. So I'm using the word inappropriately. Yeah, this is this is a disgrace. I, I, and I pride myself on using words correctly. So you're absolutely right. What should I call them? Bandits. I'm going to call them bandits, train yeah, because, bandits. But bandit doesn't mean that everybody in a family around fire are bandits, right? No, no, no. But I'm going to go with bandits because I like bandits because then it sounds like I was tougher. Like yeah, I wasn't getting robbed by a 15 year old boy and an 80 year old woman. I was bandits. Good. I mean, bandit is very cowboy to me, but it's a good term. You can use bandits. it. What if we call them nomads? Just oh, no, one. They can be, they can be, they can be, Roma, Roma, Romani people that live in their in their territory and they don't have to move, and then you will expelling them from their own. Uh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> you know what's crazier too? I'll tell you just how how I don't know what the word is. I don't think racist is the word, but um, it, it was weird getting punk. I think they were speaking French, and it was weird getting punked by someone who speaks French because, like in in my being, it's like the language of love. Like anyone who speaks French, I should be able to beat them up. But like they were like, I was terrified of them, and they were speaking French. It was like getting beaten up by a pillow. It was like I was like, holy shit, it was yeah. scary. And I had weed. I was smuggling weed in my in my in my underwear. Me and Carrie Peterson were, and so I was like, shit, we can't even like go to the cops because then we're gonna get busted. It was who, fucked up. Who, uh, were you intending to smoke that weed after watching your <laughs> your underwear for a while? I guess you know what I ended up doing with it is we ended I mean, up going. I, I I would complain about that more than being robbed by bandits. I have to say, yeah, that's more shocking. <laughs> I. I, I ended up uh, mailing when we, we ended up going up from Paris to Ireland. And then in Ireland, we took it on the plane to Ireland. And in Ireland, we ended up mailing it to this. We gave some to our host in Ireland and we mailed the rest home to the United States. And you so got we, it back? We were you done. Yeah, it, it, it all worked out. I think it was crazy. I know. You better love the American uh, post service, no? Yeah. Nin that was 1990. That was 1992. 1992. How old are you, Facundo? Are you? Are oh. you? You're thirty. Thirty-six. Yes, plus nine. I'm forty-five. Oh no shit! Okay. Wow. How come you don't have any gray? Uh, oh, I do have some gray. Look. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's more in your beard than your hair. I know it's everywhere. It's not everywhere. I do. It's, <laughs> it's by the weed. It's by the weed. Yeah, it's on my beard. Um, yeah, but it's. Uh, 
I don't have any below here yet. I do have some nose hairs that I see gray, but I don't have any like pubic hair, no chest hair, no butt hair, no arm hair that's gray yet. But I, I, okay. I think it happens. I don't want to check, to be honest. All right, I'll tell. <laughs> I'll keep you informed without checking. Now. Um, so, how was everything, Sivan? Are you happy, I, man? I am happy. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what's going on in Europe, though. I'm wondering, like, uh, are people freaking out? Like, I, I woke up this morning to something like it feels like I'm in a movie. It's like uh, Putin goes to raises nuclear alert, and I'm like, what the? F is this fucking real? Unlikely it is. It's very, very sad, honestly. It's it's a very sad situation. Um, and uh, it's, it, I mean, I, I, just, I just hope that authorities, governments, politicians, you know, man up or woman up and they find a way to stop this. You, the European Union has uh, already established some sanctions from, for, for Russia, but they are very soft. And actually the sanctions are going to be more aimed to make poor people poorer of course, having less access than the rich friends of Putin to, you know, to get themselves in stress. Um, the most irritating news for me is that Switzerland, which is where most of the Russian money is, has said <clears throat> once again, it's not my problem. I am not going to do anything uh, that will uh, put our customers in stress. And by that, they mean the Russian money uh, that is at, bank at Swiss banks. And I find it a very sad news again. Um, in Switzerland's the country, they're always neutral, right? They're the ones in all the wars. They, they, they stay neutral. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when, when you, so are, are, do you have a lot of knowledge about that? Are you f familiar with the entire situation because of your past and just because no, of your no, location? No. To be honest, not so much. I'm, at the moment, I'm more, more aware of how many reps are in 14 rounds of 21, 22.1. Uh, for obvious reasons, but uh, my last master was in international conflict and security, so I studied humanitarian law, which is the law of the war, uh, and I have my own way of seeing stuff, uh, at least conflicts stuff, but conflicts, and uh, yeah, it's, it's how it's apparently to my ears uh, sounding, a very, very sad moment. Is your is your husband in... in um the parliament, I forget what he did, but he's somehow yeah. intimate with the parliament, right? Yeah, that's correct. And is he home or is he with you or is he somewhere? No, they, they, they went out for a swim. Uh, okay, but dad. he's not abroad somewhere. He's not in Ukraine, no, 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 stuck no, no, in an no, embassy. No, we okay. In Brussels. We are here in Brussels, yeah. Um, is, this, is, is Europe, is, is it, you know, we're far away, but is Europe, um, is it tense there? Is it, sorry? Is it tense in Europe? Uh, it's very tense at the moment, yeah. But you have you have to understand that it, the, the, one of the most devastating wars in history happened here not long ago, where it's still some people that went through that, and uh, you know many of the countries here were very closely related to this war, and we Europeans they are not very they don't take the, the word war very easily. You know it's something very traumatic, and they will try to do we will try to do everything in our hands not to get to that point. But when an external actor comes and they said, okay, I want this, I'm going to declare it anyways. You know, it's, it's very complicated to, to foresee or to analyze what are the, the correct steps to follow. Um, are, are, if I, I, I'm, if you don't, if, if this is out of your 
you know, uh, area of expertise. Feel free to uh, um, push back. I'm, I'm not an expert. It's my opinion. Just, yeah, but tell me, ask me. Um, so, so the the way the the way the picture is um, the rough idea that I have of understanding of what's happened, and I haven't done a lot of research on it at all. But basically, that there's theoretically Ukraine is split into two parts. There's a part of it that's been saying, "Hey, we want to go back to Russia," and Russia is using that as an excuse to say, "Okay, we're going to take these guys back because they want to come back." But while we're there, we're also going to take back a little bit more. Is that it, or is there more? Is there is there a pipeline? Is there energy? Is there? I mean, this is a very very personal opinion, and I say it again. I'm not an expert on the matter, so you know. But as some of the data we have, or we've been collecting, you know, after uh, the 90s, Russia has been over and over bullying the neighboring countries of the countries that have, and you know it very well. You're Armenian. I know that right. Armenia is not part of the US, but it's right. a neighboring country, and every time they're I, I wouldn't say Russia, but some authorities or some, you know, um, chief of states of, of, of Russia had the chance were annoying here and there. And uh, there is also the, the issue of gas. Most of the gas that we consume in Europe goes to Ukraine. So Ukraine takes part of a commission from bringing this gas from Russia to uh. Europe. And of course, Russia is not very happy of paying a commission for using Ukrainian soil to transport gas. I'm not saying that this is the only reason either, but if you collect a lot of, you know, little points here and there, yeah, uh, you know, but I guess that only time will give us more information regarding on on what is uh, maybe really happening and 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 what are Putin's uh, ultimate goals with with all of this. Yeah. So so no one really knows what his end game is. He's a guy that is, I, I've been in Russia many times and it's, it's actually, it's, it's a paradox because Russia is very unlikely of what people believe, especially in the Western, you know, continents where the continent, where they believe that, oh, it's still a communist country. It's very social and it's the complete opposite. The highest com- uh, conglomeration, conglomeration? Yeah. Of richest people in the world are in, in Russia and the biggest chunk of poorest people with India and China are still in Russia. So this idea of a communist, you know, all sharing uh, where everything belongs to the states and everybody gets a part doesn't exist anymore. It's a very, very liberal capitalistic place. And uh, I, I think that Putin in the last years have uh, unluckily managed to, you know, to segregate a lot of hate and a lot of uh, very extreme behavior. And, you know, when, when, a, when, a, when a chief of state allows people to be, violent, aggressive, racist, and he said, okay, that's fine. That's that's not the most ideal. Uh, you know, people feel empowered by the authorities to do so at, at every single level. Um, so as you can see, I'm not a big fan. But uh, Right, right. He, um, do you sense that he's a madman? Uh, I, don't, I mean, this will sound very childish. I just think that he's an evil man. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. It's it's so hard. It's so hard to tell because we have the language barrier. Um, he always seems like he's in control. He always seems well spoken. Um, but the stories, of course, that we hear are, 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 are I, I guess, the uh, uh, easy way to sum them up is evil. I well, mean, in, in order to maintain that, you need to be very well spoken, very clever. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. he built he built a you know a, 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 I I wouldn't say empire because 
I know that you saved the world for something else, but a fortress in which you know. Um, Thank you. Uh, you know uh, that was clever. You, you, you know, if you know, many people, many spies that left Russia were killed. I mean, there was a very famous case of this spy that was killed in the UK by some venom that was put and so on. And everything that is opposition has been somehow minimized violently uh, by by the authorities uh, led by Putin. So. It's a very, it's very complicated, and that's yeah, yeah. Hey, do you do you know Roman? Roman Krenikov. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I I I worked with him for a while, and I was involved back then in his first uh, visa issue. And do you think that this affects his significantly affects his ability to come to the games this year? Um. Well, I don't know. So, yeah, probably. I can imagine that. But it wouldn't, it wouldn't affect him specifically. It would just really affect any Russians who are trying to get here. Exactly. I mean, uh, one of the measures that the sanctions that the European Union wants to set on Russia is uh, denying the access of Russians. I don't. I really don't know if it passed. It was. It, it was voted, but it was to deny access to a Russian to uh, to the European soil. Uh, I'm not sure what are the measures that the United States is going to take. Hence, going back to what you were saying, it affects poor people because if you're rich, no one's stopping you. You're going to get on your jet and you're going. Exactly. And 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 I've seen that firsthand. Exactly. Rich people fly wherever they want. Well, I, I, they I just want. hope that that good Roman makes it to the games this year. You just hope what? That our good friend Roman makes it to the games this year and show what he's able to. Um, do you have any concerns about? Do you have any desire? Is the tension so great that you have any desire to get to vacate Europe? No, 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 no. No, no. The, the problem with Ukraine is that Ukraine is not a part of the of NATO. You know, would something happen in European soil, then all the European countries on the NATO will act accordingly together, and that will be hopefully uh, we don't have to get there, but there will be a you know a full throttle war, a full conflict. Oh man! Yeah, I just read yesterday that um, by official sources that uh, the. War is costing Russia twenty billion dollars a day. That doesn't sound very sustainable. Yeah, especially yeah, yeah, and, and that's why maybe you know these tan- sanctions in which they are they can freeze their assets and so on. If Switzerland would say, okay, guys, we don't give you any more money, they will immediately obliged to reconsider whether to continue because, as you say, it's unsustainable. But uh, you know, we'll see. Let's hope that uh, that a solution. Not- is- no, this is a super wise thing. I don't think a lot of people are considering, but when I was a history major uh, in college and one of my history teachers says, anytime you want to study a war, just follow the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's why the sanctions are, were aimed to, you know, to freeze that. And that is what, for me, is very upsetting that Switzerland doesn't want to, you know, collaborate in that aspect. Do, do you remember what happened in Cyprus a few years ago? Um, the, the country was, was, was basically going bankrupt and they decided, and the European Union bailed them out. And the, one of the cons- go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Cyprus, the island, the, 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 the island is divided into two. You know, there's a Turkish part. There's there's the Cyprus, and there is a territory that's called from Augusta. There's a ter- August territory. Actually, it's, it's incredible if somebody wants to Google it. Maybe not now, but to read, from Augusta was a territory that belonged to, to to Cyprus. And when the Turkish came and invaded that territory, every, everybody was told was told. Leave home, go to the southern part of the island, and uh, in a couple of days, when the conflict is solved, you can come back home. And the territory is left. You can visit, you know, behind bars, and you can see. And the houses are still the way they were left 
40 years ago. Abandoned. Oh, wow. um, 40, yeah, 40, yeah, 40 years ago, 40, 41, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, the European Union takes responsibility for, for the member states. And if these kind of issues uh, arise, uh, they are there for them. Um, I, I had this guy on, um, Brent Mesrick. He wrote Accidental Billionaire and he wrote the movie The Social Network. He's the author of those. And in that book, The Accidental Billionaire, he talks about the Winklevoss twins. They're the actual creators of Facebook and then Zuckerberg took it from them or, or basically created a duplicate version and launched that and kind of buried theirs, right? Because they hired Zuckerberg to make Facebook for them, but then Zuckerberg made it for himself. It's an interesting story. But anyway, these guys started buying Bitcoin, right? Shitloads of it. Well, I guess Cyprus was going bankrupt and the European Union bailed them out. But Cyprus had to do one thing. They agreed with the European Union that they would take – I think it was like 50% of all the money out of their banks from their customers who had over 100,000 euros. And that they called it like a tax. But they basically stole that. And the reason why Cyprus – how they justified that is one-third of the money in the banks in Cyprus at that time was Russian money. I guess that was the place the Russians were putting their money. I, I, I want to say illegal money, but fuck if I know. I'm just saying that because it sounds good. But I understand that they have money in many places. Sure. I guess many if you have a ton, right? Like Switzerland, yeah. When you have a ton, you have to divide it. And, and when they did that, that caused Bitcoin to skyrocket. That's how the Winklevoss brothers became um, billionaires because when, they, when the world saw that governments would take your money out of banks, everyone started dumping their money into Bitcoin like all over the world. They saw Cyprus as like this, this experiment. And I wonder how this thing in Ukraine is going to affect uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, to answer Melissa, she left a message. It's different because Dubai has uh, – the UAE has an agreement in today into um, – uh, exposing accounts, um, so money that is in Dubai, um, you know, they are. Is, is, is the, they has a name. The bank account has the name of a person. They has a name, and you can find that person in Switzerland. You don't. You just put the money there, and you just put get a code or whatever that is. I don't know what is the procedure now, but nobody knows who the owner of that money is, and that's what makes things more complicated. Um, how how old your daughter now, Facundo? Oof, from uh, I love the good. One eighty. Going, going from evil stuff to nice stuff. She's, <laughs> uh, she's five and a half. Yeah. Um. D- does she have any idea of what the conflict or anything like that? Well, actually, yes. And yesterday she went to the manifestation in front of the Russian embassy with a with um a like a like a banner saying saying not to Putin's war. So you went over there and 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 and. No. and, and I didn't go. Some friends of mine went and my daughter wanted to go with, uh, and uh, that's what she did. You let your daughter go with your friends? No, well, they're friends, and, and, and the other father was there too, but I wasn't there. Yeah, I don't let my kids out of my sight. <laughs> Even though I'm kind of lying because I'm on this podcast right now and I yeah. can't see them. <laughs> trust it. I don't trust anyone with my kids. Well, but they're on, they're on the estate. Oh yeah, I mean, but she she's very aware, and she's uh, you know she. I'm very proud that she took uh, matters in her own hand, and she was explaining why was the manifestation taking place, where, and the reason why. And she, uh, I actually have the the banner in the next door. I can can pick it up. She's it's bigger than her, uh, and uh, yeah, she was. Uh, What's it say? It says no to Putin war. 
Man, I I I wonder what's going to happen to the leader over there. I hope he gets out okay. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, he's number one target and the family number two. Did you see that? I don't know if it's true, but did you see that thing on Instagram where the lady walks up to the soldier and she hands him the Ukrainian woman and she she's handing him sunflower seeds and she said, "Put these in your pocket, so when you die, sunflowers will grow from your body." Did you see that? No, I haven't seen that. But I, I oh, but I've seen some shit from the rat from the Chinese. Um, uh, I don't remember the name of the square. Tian Mei, I think it was when that happens uh, some years ago, and people start to revolt, and there were many Chinese send, uh, giving flowers to the to the uh, to the soldiers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Here. Wow, Caleb. You have a great production. I mean, since our last podcast, these things uh, you upgraded everything. Yeah, we got. Well, we just started just dumping, pouring money on Caleb. Just and and, and the shit just got better. He just needed some some money, Caleb. Yeah. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, I mean, who knows if that's what she really said, but that's what the clip said. So I'm gonna buy it. I saw this show last night, um, Facundo called "In and of Itself." Do you know that show? No. It's on Hulu. No, we don't have Hulu here. Oh, do you know it, Brian? Nope. In and of itself, the author's name is. Um, I highly recommend it. Do you, Derek, do you know that? Derek Delgadio. Derek Delgadio in and of itself it's a it's a one-man play and he interacts with the audience and it's about discovering who you are it's it's um it's a trip it's a it's such a it's such a trip i thought it's interesting i thought for sure you would have seen it for some reason facundo no 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 all right well. I, I, i've been watching videos of 22.1 since uh <laughs> since Thursday evening i guess um, how, how is everything? So, so what happened over there? Uh, Samuel, um, he, he's, he's going team now. He was, he was, I, I said, that guy seems so dead focused on winning the games when I interviewed him. I'm kind of like tripping. I got to get him on here. Why did he switch to a team? I mean, I guess he could, you could still win the games on a team. Oh, Samuel. Oh, Sam. Sam. Yeah. Um, Samuel Cornway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's not thin. Eh? I mean, he's, he's, He's he's strong. He's, he's very strong, actually. No, I think that you know, if I were a competitor and I I have a bright career in front of me as he has, because he's really an amazing athlete, and Rich Florin offers me to go with him as a team member for one year, I think that is a, 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 a incredible learning curve from that. Uh, okay. Team member, tra- uh, you know, tra- um, training with Rich, working with Rich as a team member. Um, it's, it's, I don't know, I think, I think it's kind of a magical touch that, that Rich has. You know, whatever person is in the team, they win. And that is because, uh, well, almost, uh, that is because, uh, you know, they work in a way that is very interesting. And, and I'm sure that I know that Sam will take this year as an experience for, for going to the games as a team if they qualify uh, and uh, eventually have, you know, fill his pockets with a lot of experience and, and having learned from, from Rich. It's a, it is a little different, though. Most most of the male teammates that, that Rich has had are either have either never made the games as an individual, or and, and none of them have gone on to make it after being on a team with him, as yeah. on their own. Yeah, I mean, Hobart was at the game 2014. And yeah, he's the he's the exception. He's a, he's the, yeah. Of course, I need to defend myself, so I was going to to find the. the, the well, that's yeah. why I said most and not all. Uh, yeah, no, but, I mean, but, yeah. 
Go go ahead. I, I was gonna say I'm I'm not sure if that's valid though. What like well uh, well it's not that it's not valid what Brian said. I think it's it, it makes implications that maybe are too strong. Like like who cares if no one's done that before, right? Oh no, I'm just I was just saying it's it's different. And there's a and there's a couple things that uh, you could you could take away from that. I don't think it it takes away at all from Sam's potential of making the okay. games in the future. I agree with Facundo that this will be a great experience for him, and he'll come out of you know whatever happens this season as a better athlete, probably more cerebrally than anything yeah, else. Sure, yeah. But, um, but also it says to me, it says a little bit about, uh, you know, rich and mayhem. It's like, there, this is the strongest play that they've made, you know, yet, I think, because, you know, picking up Andrea and Taylor is one yeah. thing, but they were already winning. Like, and there was really not, I didn't think, you know, there's, there were some teams obviously being made in the off season, but it tells me that they thought, you know, we have to have a really good team this year if we want to win again. Yeah, I mean, last year they won with a big margin, a very big margin, despite people, you know, saying Chase is a new person, he's not strong as the rest of the field, as the rest of the t- team members. And they, you know, they managed to have, I, think, I don't know, maybe the biggest margin, probably. Uh, I mean, I there, were more events, there were more events, but uh, the margin was, right. was very big. No, I, to be honest, I think that I believe, I think that people have a tendency of overthinking the decisions that will make it mayhem. And sometimes are very simple. Hey, bro, do you want to make teams this year? Oh, sure. Oh. Let's make teams. Okay, we're going team. And then they go, yeah, because he didn't do that. And this when he felt the snatch, he believed that he needed to go back to the basics. No, very often the decisions are like, you know, not random and, and, and thought, but they are sometimes, sometimes a bit more simpler than uh, what people tend to analyze. I think it's even simpler than that. I think fucking Rich goes to the Mayhem family tree and just fucking shakes it and some Somebody. dude falls out. Yeah. <laughs> this dude falls out, Chase. He's like a third cousin f- from a step family. He's like, yo, you're in. And Chase's like, all right. I think that's the gene pool Probably. over there. They just, yeah. Who would who would say no? Who, as a competitor, would right. say no to being in a team with Rich Fronin? Right. I mean, Matt Fraser. Hey, those guys got to do <laughs> that. Those guys, they should but get. He was a, there. He they should chance. get a building. I think, wait, wait, I think he wasn't offered. Sorry, so <laughs> that might be the case. <laughs> Those guys should get a building and put a thick piece of glass, like bulletproof, two-inch thick glass, in between it, and just train to be on the same team. They never talk the whole fucking time. Then they go out there and uh, and, and and they're they're on the same. I mean, what a great show that would be, yeah. J- just for the sake of just weird things. Facundo, for for the athletes that are that are living and training there in Mayhem, not just the team athletes, but all of all of them that are there, what's yeah. the general like a feel or approach during the Open? Because I think that's shifted a lot for elite athletes in the last two years. So what's what's the kind of mindset surrounding the Open at Mayhem? I was there the week two weeks before two, two weeks ago, so um, you know the Open was still a little bit of a vague idea. We knew the date and so on, but. Yeah, I, I, winning the Open doesn't bring any advantage whatsoever going to the next stage. Just maybe some money if you win it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but what it does, it's, it can put you a little bit behind on your normal training. So are you going to be picking for that weekend of the quarterfinals or you would have spent some of your money already uh, on the three weeks before the quarterfinals? So I, I, I don't think that it's very much of a big issue there. Yet again, I wasn't there. But generally what happens is in the first day, they hear the announcement, they tape, take the measures, put the thing, we all go, done. Uh, what are we doing next? Uh, you know, Rich has been doing the open workouts, I think, once and 
very often on Thursdays or Fridays mornings. Uh, but I I don't believe that it's something that stresses them particularly. And and it's, yeah, yeah, and I assume I mean, and it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, uh, I think fantasy fitness, fitnessing on Instagram put out a thing about his consistency over the last four years being the best amongst all male competitors during the Open. And to know, and to, well, that's the, that's a fact. And to and to know that he's doing it one time without much preparation. I mean, in fact, he's he seems to be doing it to then you know pass on information to the rest of the mayhem community. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's still able to finish in the top ten worldwide year after year. It's it's pretty yeah. crazy. But but it's the way I remember many many years ago when I started working there. It was it was during the open announcement, and on Friday morning we woke up and said let's let's do the workout, and that was the case. And I I know I wanted I was judging him, so I wanted to be very very clear of the idea in my mind of what I had to judge and the standards and everything. And I think that he took less time to prepare and to warm up than the time that I needed to read the four pages of the. <laughs> you judge Rich in an open workout? Yeah, in a couple, yeah. Is there, is is there, no, there's no, there's probably no easier athlete to judge. Still stressful. It is stressful because I remember the first one was one with, I don't know how many wall balls and double unders and double unders. Oh, 19.1. And you know, what do you want to go by one to go? English is not still my mother tongue. So, you know, I can triple there too. And uh, uh, so, no, it's very simple because he moves very well. He moves so well and he doesn't take shortcuts uh, when he does that. He never takes. So, but you know, uh, he's also counting and he knows everything. I know. So you're kind of there just like. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just man. the person. Who, I'm just signing the scorecard, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's very aware of whatever is happening. He's very aware of what he's doing. And he's very aware of the reps of the person behind him. You know, I don't know how he does it. But um, he, he, he knows. Is it what? What's the etiquette? What's the etiquette there? In and feel free to choose any example, but I'm going to choose an example. Um, uh, Rich and Luke and Samuel are going to do the open workouts. Everyone says they're just going to do it once and be done, and then they all do it once and they're done. But then Samuel sees, oh, you know what? I'm going to do it again. And 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 let's say he's in third and he does it again and he beats Rich and Luke. Is that is that okay? I I think it's okay, but but. It's very okay. Anyone I mean, can we, change their mind. There's no etiquette. Everyone knows you're just trying to do – everyone just do you. Yeah, if you want to I mean, do it 20 times, do it. I, anybody who sees the videos of, that we publish uh, on Mondays or on Fridays, we see that some – often Haley beats Rich, you know, and Rich is – he's just – you know, it's not a problem. And we all understand that this is goal. But in the case of Sam, I'm guessing that maybe Rich wants to train on Monday. And uh, I said, well, if you want to do the Open again – you can go for it, but maybe after this we need to do the team training. I really okay. don't know how they are doing it at this time, but uh, yeah. So, so there's no tension there. Everyone knows there that they're supposed to be the best. There's no like, there, there's no rules around that or or etiquette around that. No, it's no. okay if I know your score. It's okay if I see Haley's score and then I just go out and try to beat it just because I want to beat her on the leaderboard. I don't think that anybody. Uh, I don't think there is much competition among themselves. You know, there are a lot of alpha males or individual male athletes that want to, you know, beat the other one. We have uh, Tyler, we have um, um, Guy, you know, but I think that they are very respectful. And I think that if there is some comp- some competition among themselves, will happen in a proper competition, in a proper love competition. If, you know, when you have the, that one chance to show whatever you've got. Uh, I think in this back and forth of I do it again, I beat you for one second. 
I'm not sure. Uh, and and actually, as an example, uh, last year in the, in the last last qualifier, Angelo went head to head with uh, Tyler. You know, they would do it face to face. They were both Tyler finished third. Angelo, I think, finished top ten. And you know, if they were really competing, they wouldn't have gone 50 kilometers away, do it on his own, and you know, uh, no, no. Tyler's Bailey Ray's boyfriend is that? Yeah, we had him on the show. What's his last name again? Christopher. Christopher. Okay, I was going to say Morrison. It wasn't even close. No, no. <laughs> not even close. So I want to go back to Samuel Cornwallis just real quick, and then I'll bury the hatchet, but I want to say something a little bit extreme. So there's two ways to look at this, really extreme ways. One of them is, is like, hey, something's wrong mentally, and he's going to team to hide. That would be like worst case scenario. He's not fit enough. He doesn't believe in himself. And then the other way is, is like, actually, no, going teams with Rich is the pathway he's taking to win the games because it's to spend some intimate times with the greatest who ever did it. And then, and then, and then from there launch out. So, so that's, that, that's sort of the narrative that you believe. I will, I will answer now, but after, did you ever tell Matt Fraser that Rich was the greatest that ever lived? No, when I'm on the show with him, Matt's the greatest. When I'm on with you, Rich okay, is the greatest. Good, good. okay. Uh, <laughs> and if Tia, if Tia ever comes on, she's the yeah, greatest. Yeah, if Tia comes on, she's the, by far the greatest. Better <laughs> than both of them combined. That's no doubt. No, no, no. I, I'm sure Brian knows it better than me or more accurate than me. Uh, Sam went to the games two years ago. He, he was very, very sick. Very sick. He did manage to win an event. And uh, he managed to finish top 20. Despite... The, the state in what he was in which he was so there's nothing uh i don't think there is anything negative about his performance or his you know role as a competitor uh on the contrary i think that uh i think that you will said this is uh, it might be a great step for him to to even improve the the immense potential that he has and and it's a it's a it's a great person. It's it's a very nice person to, to be around. You know that is something quite important if you, if you move to Cookville, just you know because you spend a lot of time. And and I think that Sam, you know, has all of these elements to him. Yeah, I mean, the, the, his commitment by going there and leaving his kid and his wife is pretty insane. And then on top of that, I don't know if I've ever interviewed someone who seems mentally more strong than him. When he's on the show, he's like it's like talking to a hammer. When this, be, uh, for Kuno, when this video came out, everyone thought that Rich's new teammate was Batman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it was just Sam. I mean, you, we, we, one of the incredible things about Mayhem is that we, I believe we have the best media team ever. I mean, the, the, the quality of the material they produce and the creativity they have. I, mean, it's, you, you, I know that you had Scott on the show last week. Um, and we have Van, ben, Van Der Sloot? Yeah, Van Der, Van Der Sloot is kind of a Dutch... Uh, Oh. Belgium name, oh. um, uh, Bennett, Benjamin, Carlos, David, Jen, Kelsey. It's it's big amazing. Team. It's a team, and they come with. They are the the greatest people to have the chance to work with, and and they are you know talented as few. So whatever comes out of that media room, it's it's amazing to my eyes at least. Fakuna, did keep... you see who I picked to win the Open this year for the men? No. Oh, you I mean, didn't see. No, no, I really, I, I haven't seen. Oh, it, it wasn't you. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't you. No, I picked. I picked uh, Sam Cornwallis. Oh, really? Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, I thought he would have a chance to do it. He was, I think, he was seventh place last year. He's been uh, in the top twenty many years over, and uh, he's a little. I think he's a little leaner this season than he has been in past seasons. Yeah, yeah. Coming off a great showing in Miami, training in a good environment, and down there, I, 
I think he has a chance. I mean, it's it's super hard, obviously, to pick a winner for the Open, but yeah, I mean, he certainly has a capacity. And I made that pick before knowing that he was actually on on that team. Okay, so maybe now the stress is less for him as well, since I'm going on teams. Well, one of the other factors that you mentioned is, you know, it's not a it's not a ton of money compared to some other competitions. But if you do win, I think it is it fifteen or twenty grand this year. Um, and for a guy who's you know left his young family to come and do something professionally, I'm sure that he would be happy to to win that money. I think many people would be happy to get fifteen thousand by doing something we all like, they like to do. Right. And they do for free the whole rest of the year, right? Well, I wonder. I what. Um, I, I I hear that the people the boys who are going to uh, Iceland are getting their way paid. They're getting their food, their housing. I don't know if it's true, but I'm hearing that. So that to 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 be on the team with Annie, that that is oh, a, oh, that there yeah. that there is a um she's in Iceland, right? That's her country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that island. Okay, so uh, and and I wonder if any of that has if, if Samuel, there's something like that too. You go on the team, and there's something that's taken care of for you. I mean, it is pretty damn nice for anyone, I guess, who's at Mayhem. I don't know how it works there, but it is pretty nice that you have a media team that I'm assuming you don't have to pay for. I'm assuming Rich pays for the media team, and it's like it's it's a mutually um, beneficial, right? I mean, he gets all that footage he's in the documentary it's on youtube and you get the extra eyeballs that were there just to see rich to see you and then rich ends up pay, has to pay scott vanderslut is that can i say that scott vanderslut is that yeah i mean all right I, yeah, i'm gonna use his it. name a lot more now you, yeah <laughs> um okay so 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 i i, I get does is that do you know if that do you manage are you a manager and a coach I, no, I have trouble. I mean, it's funny because since you I really want you, you to be a manager too. Can you say that? That I was a manager. Even when I was, when I was a volunteer at the CrossFit Games, you asked me, "Are you a manager?" Yeah, <laughs> I'm serving coffee here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the old Marriott, Marriott in Manhattan, I'm sure Sivan remembers uh, those years very well. Oh, I think I, I think that's actually how you first got your job in politics. You were just there, like doing the janitorial duties, but you looked very elegant. And so they asked you a question. You just pretended that was your role. And next thing you know, you had an office upstairs. No, it was even, even worse, <laughs> it was even worse than that. I mean, I, I wanted to pursue my PhD in neurosciences and I failed to do the exam and I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything. No studies, no job. And I met someone who uh, needed a person who spoke German decently. And they said, well, but you need to move to Brussels. You need to work on politics. I said, okay, I'll do it. And uh, yeah, it was challenging the first years to say the least um, so it is are the members on it on the team at mayhem are they given a stipend is there is that is that a paid position i i cannot answer that because i really don't know okay fair enough i really, I, I really don't know but what i know for example is that i think that sam's living with luke and you know it's not like moving to iceland to me seems like a big change compared to coming to Cookville. Cookville is very small it's you know they all the whole time together um, I know that he was living also with Luke before. I mean, you should follow on social media with the, their dances and so on. So, um, yeah. and, but, but really Samuel should pay. I mean, it, to, it, Canada has got to be one of the worst places in the world. Uh, at least <laughs> with so-called free countries. I mean, it is a shithole. And, um, and then in Cook, Cookville is probably one of the freest places in the world. And, um, and Rich is there. So it's like, I, I mean, and, no, and by the way, I think I think Dan, I think no, not Dan. I think Josh Bridges owns a ch uh, some some acreage next to Rich. So if anyone wants to uh, offer uh, Josh money for that, I'd probably he would sell it now that he's vanished off the grid somewhere. Okay. Josh has fallen in love and vanished. 
Okay, he won't be the first one. Why did that not? Right, you've fallen in love and vanished. Vanished, yeah. <laughs> this is what Savan fears is going to happen to Katrin, too. He thinks it's already happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've, I, heard that. I've heard that. I've heard that. I, I think that was a bit unfair, though. I like she fell in love and vanished. No, no, no. On the contrary, I think that maybe, maybe she she gets some fire back. Uh, in I Iceland. think I think this is a bounce back year for her. Savan thinks I'm crazy. Yeah, she trains. Girls in Reykjavik, there's a very high level of athletes competing there and training there. It's not just Annie. There's uh-huh. you know, a very well-established box with a lot of the Icelandic people go and train there. And, and one of the best coaches in, in the sport that probably doesn't get the recognition of some of the others in Yami. That's yeah, true. Completely, completely. That's true. And, um, and no, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, look, well, I, I, I would love and it not, so And not to much. say she wasn't with, with a, one of the best coaches with Ben, but people think leaving Bergeron, well, what do you, you know, how can we can go on you from, from there? But Yami has just as great of a track record. I have, I really hope she kicks. I hope I hope she dominates and wins. And I hope like I hope she breaks off Tia's arm and eats it. But that's not gonna happen. And I would love to come on here and be like, "Holy shit!" I oh, had well, to go well, wrong. There's a difference but between I'm, having a bounce back year and beating Tia. But but I think that um, I don't think I think that it's over. Like over over. Like like we're gonna see her like work in a booth. Do you remember when everybody said that Annie was over because of that bad year? Uh, and then she came back and she made it a podium immediately the following year. And then she made it again. I think, I mean, Brian could test, I mean, not testify, but maybe could uh, adjust any uh, wrong comment. But yeah, I mean, these people and, and, and Catherine is a very clever girl. It, look, if she wants to dedicate love because she deserves it and, you know, she's happy there, it's fine. I think that she's I a agree. competitor. And I think that if she works hard, she doesn't have much to envy to anybody. Oh, of course, of course. It's just just fodder for the show. It's just three minutes of talk for the show. Um, some YouTube revenue for myself. But um, I, I, I saw her at Rogue. I, I don't even recognize her. I think she looked the worst she had ever looked uh, mentally. Um, just her face, everything. Uh, and uh, I, I think that, just I, I think that there's just a lot of signs. Um, yeah, well, I, how, I how how much would I love to be wrong? I'd love to be wrong. Yeah, I'd I love mean, it, I, but I just I don't know. think I am because I hardly ever. Everyone know. loves it when you're wrong. I, I, yes. I think that Raw was special. Maybe it was the first competition she wasn't doing with Ben. Ben was there too. I mean, she was uh, on her own there. Um, maybe it was, you know, it was the first one, but I, I will never, ever discard uh, Catherine uh, and her capacity and her talent and her potential. It's, and, you know, and the great person I think she is. I think maybe she's one of the most charismatic to ever do it. I mean, that's mild. I mean, I, I agree. I, I, yeah, she's one of the most charismatic to ever, to ever. I think that. I think that. Look, I think that uh, Catherine, uh, Sarah is very charismatic. Like you know, it's like kind of the ace of hearts, like people's choice. Um, even if she doesn't do well one time, people will love her and root for or her. Or five times. You know, yeah. Fakuna, do you play a lot of card games? No, uh, I don't play any card game whatsoever. We're desperate for content when, when Brian brings up the cards. Here we go. <laughs> no, no, no. He's just it's very he's a very cultured guy. So I thought maybe he has like a you know a background in bridge or something like this. No, 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 no. No, I don't. I got a Brian question. Brian invents card games. I've Brian been, invents uh, card games. That's yeah, right. I, I think I think that Brian is dying for this question for a while, for some days now. So uh, I, I let him I, I let him pop it. Go on. No, no, I was, I've been curious to ask you this for a long time. I think you speak six languages fluently. No, I speak five languages. Five. Languages. And what? None of them properly, as you can see. 
And what I was just curious, what are the what are the five and in what order and age did you learn them? Uh, well, Spanish is my mother tongue. Then French, I studied French when I was in, in kindergarten, actually. Then uh, English, Italian, and German. But German is now the, the language that I speak the most, probably. And you learned it the latest in life. Yeah, it was very hard. And you were already an adult when you learned that. Uh, yeah, kind of. Well, those around those years. <laughs> around those, around it's those just, years. I mean, I, I don't know a lot of people or maybe anyone else who speaks five languages. And it's always, you know, it's very fascinating. Yeah, I mean, we moved a lot with my family. So uh, when I was part of it, uh, Belgium, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, here in Belgium. So my daughter speaks uh, fluently two languages and a third one that she can also speak. Uh, and, you know, she, uh, she, actually, she actually corrects me, my pronunciation in both German and, and, and French. And when I'm in good mood, it's, I find it so sweet. But when I'm in my mood, and she corrects me. I'm like, okay, you know. I think that Savannah fell asleep. But, um. No, no, no. I'm look, I'm fascinated by this. This is just bullshit. Uh, um, th this is understating how fascinating it is that you speak uh, five languages. Mo monolingual, a person who knows only one language. That's 40% of the world's population. Bilingual, a person using or able to speak two languages. That's 43% of the population. That, what, that leaves us 17% left. Trilingual, a person speaking three languages fluently. That's 13% of the population. So what does that leave us? That leaves us... We're now at 96%. That leaves us 4% left. Multilingual, a person who speaks more than two languages, but used often for four languages or more. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. Uh, that's 3% of the world's population, so that leaves us 1%. And, and that's Facunda. A polyglot. <laughs> Have you heard this word? Yeah. Okay. Polyglot, someone with a high degree of proficiency in several languages, that's less than 1% of the world's population speaks five languages. Well, less than 1%. Here it says it's less than 1% of 1% on another. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's got to be even less than that. I mean, I know I hang out with just the, some of the dumbest people on the planet. It's, I know I'm in the United States and like we just were English. But um, hey, your perception has to be so different. Are you aware of that because you speak multiple languages and, and naming is the – I mean we've had so many guests on lately who are basically saying – like we had Jim Hensel on. And, and, oh, yeah. and, 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 and one of the Sorry. foundations is if you can't put words to it, you don't have the tools to use it in the world. And people don't realize how profound that is. Naming is the origin of all particular things. If you can get your head wrapped around that, it should explode. And so if you know five languages, you're a fucking world, you're a world-class magician. Well, that I know the language doesn't mean that I can use it proficiently in order to, you know, apply <laughs> cognitive sense to them. You know, maybe randomly I, I learn them. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's has been, I did study Korean for one year, so I could write in Korean, couldn't speak very much. And I lived in Brazil for a bit more than a year when I was, uh, Toddler. I'm going to give you the test if you whether you're proficient in all five languages. This is the test. Ready? Okay. Have you been with, have you had mates <laughs> in all five of those languages? I don't remember. I'm too old for that. You're swerving. <laughs> you're swerving, buddy. You're, you're avoiding the question. I, 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 I hate to see the dishonest side of you. Yeah. Fukunda, let me ask you this, since you brought up Korea. I was kind of um, critical of that selection for a host of a semifinal this year. Yeah. I think that it would be a great spot to have it in, in future seasons. But for me, I, I felt like CrossFit should have prioritized the potential to have live competitions this year. Do you have any feelings about that? Okay. Um, yeah, so how that relates to, to, the, to having chosen South Korea? 
there it's it's more difficult to tra- to travel there or currently than it is to other your Asian countries. For if, if I were if I were uh, the director of a, of a semifinal, you know, in in the Asian territory or, or the African, you know, it's a bit complicated because you are only be able to display a very few number of athletes that are famous enough to bring sponsors to the table, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so, how many people that are going to be competing in the Asian semifinal are uh, worldwide known. Of course, the Russian, of course, Roman and Alexander Ilin, and you know, they are, there is a number, but it's a minimal number. So I'm guessing that, you know, I wouldn't be very, very, uh, probably very keen on investing so much with such a high risk. So I'm guessing that in that sense, because I know that um, CrossFit had the Asia CrossFit Championship in, in Shanghai, which I went, and it was a great competition. Uh, and uh, and you saw a great Marvel movie there. We got with three times in a row, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess that uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm working with a lot of athletes doing BCC, so we're the Copa Sur now, the Brazilian yeah. one. And of course, that is the 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 best. Is it the same? Is it the same competition directors just rebranded names? Same competition director and they rebrand the name, but they also move locations. They are not uh, as before. They are not going to be close to Vitoria, which is uh, another city in Brazil. Well, there were some. I think since we're just traveling all over the globe, there's some uh, people in the comments earlier who are asking about Mayhem Libertad. Can you tell tell us about the origins and how oh, that came to yeah, be? Yeah, yeah, great question. Yeah. Okay, so. There is any info. Yes. Inside info, everything's been published. Oh, can I, sorry. Can I, I just had to say one thing. Sorry to interrupt. I saw that earlier and I, and I, I thought someone was asking about mayhem libtard. That's like a, do you know, have you heard that term in the United States? Libtard is someone who's a liberal in the United States. Yeah, and, I, and I was like, I can't, what is this nonsense? It's libertad. My goodness. Yeah. Remember, Speaking remember about the, not uh, knowing languages. Yeah, I don't remember even know the my own in language. America he was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> libertad. Oh my goodness. I'm like um, Gershwin. That's, it was kind of unlike him to use that term too. I was like, that's kind of yeah. out. He must we, be drink, uh, doing some morning drinking. Okay. It's one of my biggest prides, actually. You know, uh, okay. last time that I was with Seban on the podcast, we hang up, we, we finished the, the live, and he asked me, what do you want to do, and so on. I remember telling him, you know what? I was in South America not long ago. I don't know if you remember uh, Seban, and I said, I, I, I really want to invest whatever I can do there. You know, uh, that's where I come from, and and I feel that, I felt that life, I feel still that life has been so great that I wanted to, you know, to give people where I come from the same opportunities. So yeah. I came back to the Cook Bill and I talked to Rich and I said, Rich, you know, I financial situation in South America is very different than, of course, the United States. So not many people have access to a full international program because the dollar is extremely expensive. So we created Mayhem Espanol, which is actually two of our tracks, Mayhem Compete and M30. We translated everything in Spanish, the videos, all and, and it's simultaneously. So the people that are doing Mayhem in English, they, uh, they get... X thing on Monday and people doing it in Spanish is the same thing. So I felt that I was, um, you know, um, yeah, just the team. That's my team. Uh, one of the teams, actually, because I'm still be doing the coaching of Mayhem Freedom. Uh, hopefully they don't crash when they meet each other. But, um, you know, having, uh, having had the chance of, you know, bringing Mayhem, the program into South America, I find it also a, a great opportunity to, you know, to start working with athletes uh, in South America and exposing them to, to our methodology. And the last thing I want to say about it, it's like, and I even remember having uh, talked to Sevan about it. 
you know, very often, and people actually still ask me today, what is the difference between an American athlete or a European athlete, so the American or African or so on? It's like, like it's the difference, right? And, uh, and it is true that South American have less uh, opportunities than Americans. You know, you guys have incredible high schools with a lot of sport, with access to great coaches from, from high school times and so on and so on. Uh, and what about if, you know, you give to these people who feel they have the potential but they don't have the opportunity. You grant them the opportunity to have a, a, a great programming. You know, Sasha is in the United States, Santiago Comba, uh, Uruguay's fittest man twice in a row, went with me two weeks ago. What happens if we take the lack of opportunities out of the equation? And now you have a great program. Now you have trained with Rich Fornian and Haley Adams and everybody else. So what is your excuse not to be as great as you think you are? Uh, and that's what we did. That's what we're working on. So we want to minimize. Our idea was to build a bridge into these communities that didn't have the same opportunities and be able to grant them in the measure of what we were able to do. And uh, yet again, so. But it's an interesting, it, that specific yeah. team is an interesting makeup. I think a lot of people like, who, who know yeah. the um, caliber of athletes there, like Nicholas Bedarte and Melina Rodriguez were people I picked to make the games out of Latin America last, or out of well, the, the South American region last year. Yeah. And and neither and they both I would I think they both I don't know what happened to them necessarily. But yeah, I think happens. So Mel, so the, the 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 beautiful girl in the middle, she got a terrible COVID three weeks before the Open. She was hospitalized for many. And, days. and just tell, say this, like in my opinion, last year there were three women in South America who had a chance to take the two spots. The yeah. other two took those spots, and she finished like fifteenth. So that's not surprising to hear that something major was wrong with her. She she was she she lost a lot of weight. She she, you know, the year before she was in BCC. She won BCC. She also won the op through the Open. You know, um, I was extremely extremely lucky to have the the, the chance to work with them. On Santiago, Nicolas, and Jimena de la Mer, she was several time uh, master at the games. Right. She won the Open at her category, two thousand nineteen. So, you know, they did it, they made it easy for me. It's not that I choose people and I, you know, there are no ones. They are very, very well-established athletes. Uh, and uh, so that is what Mehan Libertad is. It's, 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 it's Say great. it again, Me Mehan Liber Libertad. Libertad, yeah. Libertad. It's like liberty, <laughs> like freedom. So it's a bit yeah. of a, you know. Uh, so Gertrude, that's the, that's the info. Uh, we have Mel Rodriguez, multi-time. She went to the games, I think, twice as a team member, as individual ones. Uh, uh, Santiago Comba went as a national champion of Uruguay. Uh, Jimena went, I think, twice as a master's and once sure. as a team member with big, I think, big friends. I'm sure you remember, uh, Brian. I'm, I, I mean, I might be... You're doing great. Uh, <laughs> and Nicolas didn't make it to the games yet, but he's an extraordinary athlete. And people will will probably at least recognize him if they follow the underdogs team because he spent basically the whole last season with them. Yeah. Oh, which guy? Which guy in that picture? In the center. The blue. Oh, in, in what country is he from of origin? Three of, three of them are Argentinian, the girls and, and Nicholas. And then Santiago is from Uruguay. Okay. Wow. And And so this is the Mayhem Libertad team that you're leading to basically, in a nutshell, bring the Mayhem experience to Spanish speakers. Yes. Around the world. You know, um, what's interesting about that, I, I'll just throw a quick plug for this guy right here. This is a um, – I, I think it's it's brilliant. 
uh, Facundo. This guy right here, um, uh, Patrick Bet David, who wrote this book, Your Next Five Moves. He's a Iranian-Armenian immigrant who left Tehran with his family uh, at the age of 10 during the, during the Iraq-Iran uh, War. He comes to the United States. You know, raised on the streets of Glendale, a t- tough Armenian upbringing, lots of gang shit like that. A uh, 1.8, you know, G- GPA, 800 on the SAT. Just try, can't figure out what he wants to do with his life. Eventually gets way into business, reads like 1,500 business books, right? He launches an insurance, the, ins- the life insurance, uh, the average life insurance broker is a 57 year old white man. He starts a life insurance company where the average employee is a 34-year-old Hispanic woman. And he's fucking rich as shit today. And, 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 and I just think it's like he just took something. It's like what you said and gave a whole different demographic access to it. And, 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 I, and I just think I, – I, I obviously, I think that um, – I mean I'm, I'm a huge fan of Patrick Bet David, but, but I'm, I, what you're doing is just crazy. Like the implications of what you're doing are massive. Like who knows – like forget the games athletes. Imagine the fire you're starting over there. Well, I mean, yeah. it, I mean it, it, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. I, I, to be honest, it, it, it comes more for, for, for the side of, of creating opportunities and minimizing yeah. the lack of opportunities as, a, as an excuse not to get somewhere. You're bringing uh, the horse to water, and, and you can't add, add do more than that. Exactly. So Santiago came with me to Cookville some, yeah. um, some weeks ago. And I, I don't know who was on the – I think that Angelo mentioned that newcomers need to stay away from Haley because she will, you know, kidnap yeah. them. And they said, okay, <laughs> you turn with me, boy. And that is what happened. Santiago came there. He said that too. He said he showed up, and she just fucking mashed him. You know, it was like five I mean, strength station in the morning, three workers in the morning, and 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 and, and Haley's, you know, she can manage that volume. She's she's extraordinary, more than extraordinary to my eyes. She's perfection to my eyes. But uh, so Santiago was trying to cope with that, and you know, he came back to Argentina because they're, he's living there now. And then you know, they started uh, talking and discussing about his experience and, and the why's. And the why Haley does that, and, and there's a moment, it's a funny moment, he's going to hate me for me saying it, but there's a moment they were training kind of a relays. Uh, Haley was with Tasha and Santiago was with John, and they were doing relays, right? And at a moment, they kind of met each other together, starting at the same time, Hales, Haley, and, and Santiago. And when that round ended, which was in the middle of the workout, and they have a rest time, Haley says, hey, boy, don't try to catch me. Don't try to do anything you cannot sustain. We have still five rounds. <laughs> so you know, and the fact is a girl like Haley, 21 years old, and you see very shy as is, you know, but she said it with a lot of love saying like, you know, calm down. This is not what you should be doing now, probably maybe later if you can, if you still have something to, you know, to bet on that. But, uh, and then the fact that Santiago comes back and shares that, and there's a lot of knowledge about that uh, at the end of the day in how you perceive your training in how you perceive your performance. Uh, so, it's and you have to be aware of your surroundings. <clears throat> a couple, yeah. it was last year at the semifinals in Granite Games, I did a workout that Matt Fraser was hosting. And I, and I just lined up in the back of a line and he's briefing the workout. And next thing I know, the, everyone starts and he jumps in the line right next to me in the same heat as me. And it's an imam. So I know I'm going to be skiing when he's skiing, biking when he's biking, et cetera, et cetera. In the first yeah. round, I, I went for it a little bit and I paid for that. And he, you know, just, just demolished me. Yeah. In yeah. the middle rounds, I just used like there were seven rounds. In rounds two through six, I used to recover. And then in round seven, 
because I knew we were the last heat. So everyone who'd finished would be watching the last round. So I made sure I had enough to do my best to match him in the last round. And I, I was able to match him on the last round of burpees. But what no one knows is he was doing the same thing every round. I was sandbagging the middle five rounds just so I could try to be like, not embarrassed in the last round. Yeah. For, for you, it was a full performance-based work. For him, it was kind of an adaptation thing. Let's see. I do that and I'll finish at 25 seconds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, part part joking, but I think there is some seriousness to it. Um, there is a fear that when Rich is away, that Haley is so alpha that she takes over and, and just runs everyone metabolically into the ground. And, and I just I just kind of love that that there's that like oh shit like you're safe with Rich, but you're not safe with Haley. I mean, what a, what that's crazy. But but I just yeah, like that story. I, I don't. I would not describe it negatively. If I if I'm an right, athlete, right, not negatively, but it's still it's good for the folklore. You know what I mean? It's like oh shit, Rich is gone. The big alpha has gone and now we're stuck with Haley. Yeah. it's even worse what which is also an alpha but yes. uh which is also very much of an alpha but i want to say that even if the volume or whatever is not what you are expected to do to have the experience of doing that side by side side neck ne next to one of the greatest athletes that we have right in which probably for certain topic aspect of our sport it might be the best or the second best or the best you know it's a also a curve in a learning curve and so like well you know she really kicked my butt, but I learned a lot from that. She breathes like, you know, there's a lot of things that you, you learn uh, doing that. And the funny thing is when I went with, to, I don't train a lot, but if, when I go to Mayhem, I never train because I love to see what these people do because it's so amazing the way they do it. Uh, it I'm, yeah, I'm so I feel you. I feel you. I, I want to oh, go, yes. ahead. go ahead, Brian. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> The the um the international presence of of the mayhem does is not stopping in Cookville or South America. In this off season, well, first of all, last year there were several con very competitive Canadian men, especially that were part of the mayhem programming. In the Fikowski? off season, Fikowski? No, uh, no, Alex and Alex. Oh, and Sam. And Sam, yeah. Sure, yeah. That's three of six that made the games last year who are following mayhem programming of some kind. And this year, obviously, the addition of Lazar Jukic in, in Europe. I'm not sure if there are any other European men of that prominence. But mm -hmm. what's really caught my eye is well, Roy Stun's been with mayhem for a while, but also Kara and Baden Brown are now oh, part of the mayhem wow. family. And just this international reach that mayhem's starting to have to most parts of the world uh, is pretty impressive. Yeah, we, we started working also with another female from, from Europe, Manon Angonese. Oh, huge uh, fan, huge fan, huge I, I fan. It, I knew it's your style. Huge so. fan. <laughs> hey, because yeah. she's like, to me, she's like the D-ball queen. I just saw her doing that thing. I don't know if where it was, but she when she was touching go the hundred pound D ball, it, that like really fucking lit a or the bag that really lit a fire <laughs> yeah. under my ass. I immediately <laughs> followed her. I'm like, what a savage. <laughs> yeah, so you're she's awesome, awesome. I love her. What? No, I thought there was a question. Uh, after oh, there was. I just got excited when I heard her name, <laughs> Miss Mayonnaise. She is awesome. God, she's awesome, and she's not coming. What? She was. She, she's not. She's not. She. She. She can't come to the games. No, she didn't want. She didn't. She didn't want to go to. Um, to uh, Manon didn't want to go to the Palooza because of the vaccination things. And yeah, so yeah, and, yeah. And she can't come to the states because she doesn't want to get. She doesn't want to take the the, the injection. Well, maybe. Maybe there's a chance for a change. God, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. <clears throat> yeah, she's one of those European athletes. I don't know that she's as as good as Karen Freyova, but they're similar in the regard that they have gotten close many times, and I don't think that people outside of Europe know how good they are. Exactly, yeah.
And but she has um a manganese has the hard part. Not I mean it's all hard, but she's, she's got like the, the really hard part, she's got it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean the part that takes forever to develop, she's already got she she developed that part. There, there's some adjustment that needs to be done, you know, in the in the next weeks. Um, uh, but um yeah, hopefully we have enough time for the time where semifinal come to have improved those aspects uh, uh, and allow her to display them. And it'll have be. You, have the, you met her in person, either of you guys? Have you guys been with her in person? Of course, in Dubai. I, I was yeah. with her two days ago. Three days ago, she came to train with me, and we we shared a bit of ideas for, you know, for for the future. And uh, she's, you know, I told my non. She came, she came to my place some months ago before deciding to, to, you know, just to start working together. And, and, and I even told her, you know, Manon, this is incredible because she said she's one of the people that has the strongest inner fire in her that I know overall on the female athletes field. There's a fire that burns her, burns her, you know, the way she does in the positive way. Yeah? But I don't think that the fire was under control still. It was, uh, this passion was so strong in her that maybe we will work in controlling that and putting all that fire on the right place because she's an extraordinary athlete. And I hope that this year or very soon she has a chance to prove that. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, does she have presence? Like when you're in the room with her, like, 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 like we were talking about Katrin, Katrin has crazy presence. Does that lady have presence? Miss Manganese? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. She's, yeah completely. Actually, not, I don't think I'm quite sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just love seeing her. Where was that, that I saw her do that? The, the touching, was that, where was that? That was where was it? It's in Dubai. Wasn't it in Dubai? Oh, Dubai. Okay. That's where yeah. she was. <clears throat> and she's had some very good lifting performances there too. She's, she's very cool. And she also, she said, she's in a, a, a professional um, um, Olympic lifter. She, she finished quite high in the Europeans and so on. So uh, she, she knows when she, when she takes a barbell, she knows what she's doing. And there are some opportunities in the Europeans women's field this year. Um, you know, they still only get 10 spots, but with, Annie on the team and Kristen retired. That's two almost locks that are that are now open for yeah. some of the younger. And Sam or, gone too, right? Sam is is competing this year, but it's her last year. So she's announced oh, that this okay. will be her final year. Um, you know, she barely made it in last year. I think it will be difficult for her to make it in. The women's field is very strong, but you know, betting against Sam Briggs is probably not the best choice. But she's still continuing to redefine what's the upper end for for limit of competitive in the in the elite women's field. Can I ask you a question, Ryan? Because, you know, Seban likes to stress people. I that too, but you never get stressed. Who do you think is the female athlete that is the most uh, overrated on the field today? Oh, shit. I would never put you in that position, Brian. Good job, Facundo. <clears throat> I hired. This, this gentleman, whom I like very much, my friend <laughs> Brian, he dares to put, you know, leaderboards before competition that sets the mindset of an athlete. Why wouldn't we ask him, well, who Good. do you think is an overrated athlete? I would like to know your opinion. In the the women's field worldwide? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that you know it's it's a I, I like I have to think about this in a in the context of the season. And I am not a you know someone was asking this in the comments earlier actually. I'm not really a fan of the current way that the spots are allocated globally. And so I would say that that um someone like Ellie Turner might be a good example for something like this. I think Ellie Turner is incredible, and I think that she has an incredible potential in her career, but she's super young. And last year, because Tia couldn't travel to Australia and because Jamie was injured and unable to compete, she got an opportunity to compete there, and she did And she did okay at the games. You know, she was in the 20s. 
And then uh, she did really well in the first half of Wadapalooza, won a couple of events in a row, and she faded towards the back of the competition. But overall, that that women's field at Wadapalooza wasn't that strong. None of the top 10 women, except for maybe, maybe Bethany Shaburn, maybe Emma McQuaid, fringe top 10 athletes, were there competing. And so, you know, Ellie had the opportunity to make the games last year because of really technicalities. If, if Jamie and Tia were competing, no one would have seen her at the games. And then she did really well at Wadapalooza early in the weekend, but faded in what I would say was a sub subpar Wadapalooza field historically, at least over the last three or four years. So that's a really hard question, but that's someone that comes to mind. I'll tell you who. He's just scared to say it. The most overrated athlete in the entire sport of CrossFit. There's two. It's Annie Thor's daughter and Danielle Brandon. And here's the reason why. No one can fucking look at Danielle Brandon and their brain just gets all fucked up. You can't think straight when you look at her. She's too damn beautiful. It's too much woman. It's like it's like looking at a rhino run across the savannah at 30 miles an hour. You just can't comprehend this thing happening. So she's the most overrated. It's not her fault. But she, it's just you can't think straight when you look at her. And Annie, because – it, it, it should have just it, stopped it, Danielle. It's, impo- it's impossible that she took second <laughs> place. She used magic. It's impossible she took second place. It's impossible that she came back from having the baby. She used witchcraft or or, <laughs> or something. It's impossible. And, and the way she did it with a smile on her face and humility and it, well, she it, took it, third place and she took second place. at second at Rogue. Yeah, whatever. It's it's it, yeah. Thank you, Brian. Um, it's uh. Those two come to my mind as the most overrated, but it's not their fault. I, I don't mean it in a negative way at all. It's just no. And there were and when I put out the, are, when I put out the top ten for the uh, preseason rankings, there were a lot of people saying, "Where's Danielle? Where's Danielle?" Well, at the last two you know major competitions that she competed, she was just outside the top ten, and she hasn't shown yet that she can compete as a top five, top ten athlete against against the best women. She she might be able to eventually, but she's not there yet. You got some stir there. Huh? I caused some stir. Yeah. So oh, you know what? But that's okay. That's great. Um, do you think that Annie's underrated? Do you think that Laura Horvath is underrated? I don't understand Laura. I, I think Laura Horvath. No, yeah, I think she's underrated. I think she underrates herself. Well, I think wait, Laura, wait, wait, wait. How could you say that she's underrated? I mean, no, no, because he just put it away from the second position at the games. You know, there was a lot of controversy about why there was an interview to Taya, there was an interview <clears> to Annie, and Laura, who actually was the second spot, didn't get much of the attention. I hear here's what I here's when I see Laura Horvat and T, I see Tia Toomey as like the perfect version of Tia Toomey, like she cannot get any better. When I see Laura Horvat, I see um, something that can get better. I think like I, I think Laura Horvat is like we haven't seen the best of her. And I think with Tia, we, we have seen the best. I, I don't I, like I'm not saying it's going down, but I think we like that. That yeah. car is painted perfectly. It drives perfectly. Its tires have the perfect air pressure. It's it, it's stored in the perfect garage. I don't think Laura, whatever's wherever those components are that make it's like rich. I think rich is like sleeps every night in a helium chamber or something. And it's just kept perfect, you know, yeah. um, but Laura Horvat is not all the pieces aren't. He sleeps in the same uh, metabolic chamber as Novak Djokovic. Yes, yeah. He, Rich sleeps on the floor on a mattress. Wasn't that great when I had him on the show? And he said that I would never even admit that, and I do that. And here's the greatest guy I know, and he sleeps on the floor on a mattress so his kids can pile into his bed. I was like, oh, you set me free. Thank you, Rich. He told you that? What? Rich? Yeah. He told you that? <laughs> Yeah. I, I hey, don't know. Hey, you know I slept on a single bed and he's like, no, I have a, I have a queen on the ground. So I, I immediately went out and bought a queen. I go, I deserve what rich has. And yeah. I, threw I, out I, my I have not met any professional athlete or a very top CrossFit athlete that has 
the life that he has in terms of normality. It's so it's such a natural thing. That might be his his you know his his secret. It's natural to him this life he, he has. There's no alteration. There's not a preparation extraordinary and a switch of my life because I'm competing. You know that's what it is. Uh, yeah. He's cerebral as a motherfucker too. Um, it, it, people don't don't realize that, but when if you listen carefully to how he talks, he lets out the clues. Um, and and man, the, you know you you hear these people who talk about Fakowski being so, so cerebral. The professor, I mean, Rich is a uh, he even he's been talking more and more that basically he's a head case. Like he, like, do you know that? In, I in love Europe, that in Europe it's illegal to call someone professor who does not have the degree. It, in doesn't, Canada, it, doesn't matter. it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. In, 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 I said, yeah. I, I, so, Brian, um, you can shoot because I, I know your mouth is forming with questions. <laughs> well, I think that we should, uh, if you're okay with talking about the departure, the transition away from working with Saxon. Yes. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, Very I heard good. you kick Saxon out. Is that true? <laughs> no, no oh. that's not true. Maybe no, no. I, I heard he was late on his payments. I heard you swiped his credit card three times. It bounced three times, and you sent him off. I heard, and I and that's funny that you heard that. I heard it was super amicable, and that uh, you helped with the transition to the next phase of his career. So it's one, maybe one of these is true. Yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, the, after with Apalooza and after Rogue, um, I think that um, um, I think that the. the we were both maybe doing changes, you know, I was taking a lot of responsibilities for Mayhem. Uh, and, you know, that would take a lot of time out of me. And I think that because of the results, Saxon needed a person who was with him more time. He, I think that it worked very well that I, they were apart. But I think that uh, that he made some changes and he wanted a coach that was closer to him. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, uh, are you? Are you, do you have any insight into how he chose what, who that next coach would be? Mm, good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I mean, here's the thing: is he was no, fifth no, place I, at I, the I, games I, last year. I'm sure that he could have had his choice to go anywhere he wanted, and people would have been happy to yeah, coach. He's one of the greatest athletes on the field. I mean, it's it's a, it's, a, it's, it's, an, it's an extraordinary athlete, and it's, it's, it's a pleasure to work with him. But he also wanted to move to Tennessee, so from for some time now. And when we were discussing about, you know, the needs he had and what I could offer and vice versa, uh, came the idea of like, well, if you move to Nashville, Nashville, you, you could train with Shane, which is I, a good, very good friend of mine, a very, very good friend of mine. And uh, one of the, without any doubt, one of the best coaches on the field. And he's someone that, you know, lives there and you can have access to him 24-7. Well, not 24-7, but most of the day, if you want to. There's day. only one athlete who has access to him yeah, 24-7. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And um, But uh, it, it felt, uh, the you know, a right decision for him to do, and I completely supported that, and I even talked myself to Shane about it. And, uh, yeah, and I think that uh, actually I texted him before yesterday, and he told me he was extremely happy with, with everything, how things were going. Uh, he... He also, I think that it was a, a very important thing for him to move away from Ohio. Uh, and so that is, uh, that is what actually. Um, uh, and I think it's a, I think this is a, a great thing for, for Saxon, not, you know, not, not leaving one coach going to another coach, but just a cha- kind of a change of scenery because he's 25 years old. He's already one of the best in the world, but yeah. there's just, a, I have this kind of feeling that he's like on a little bit of a plateau. 
and uh, athletes go through this all the time. It's like he's just trying to break through from a top five, top 10 to a top three podium threat guy. Yeah, yeah. And it's and really, I'm, really hard to do. Completely. And we talk about that. And one of the things that I told him, and, and that's what I'm very happy that he's there. I said, I think that you need to start training with athletes your level. Because he was living in Ohio, you know, um, he he was training most, mostly with Saxon and with Scott, which he knew from some, he knows like, you know, everything that we do, he already foresees. But what about training with people that you haven't trained before, that you're not used to do that, and see what they can offer to you and what can you offer to them in a, in a, in a training you know, environment. So that's why I think that going, and I was supported completely uh, with Shane uh, and with Gia was a great decision. What other dudes train at uh, Proven? Top so, dudes. Yeah, uh, Will Morad. Oh, okay. I think and, that... And and I th- is oh. John Colty there? John Col- I think so. He was there last year. Because actually, I, I came to see Shane and Tia last year. When I traveled to Cookville, you know, I land in Nashville. So if they're around, we have coffee or whatever. As I said before, they're very good friends. And uh, I was there uh, last year. Um, and, uh, yeah. And what about Spencer? What's Spencer doing? That I really don't know. Wow. Uh, that I really don't know. Uh, I think that he's taking some time with Scott at the moment. Uh, but I'm not sure what he's going to do. Because Spencer is also... Spencer, and I always said it to, 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 to Saxon, I think that Spencer is very magical. If he managed to have the fitness and his mindset like equal on the same line, he's very, very extraordinary. When I... We worked together. He presented him results that I thought he was kind of lying to me. It's like, show me the video. Send me the video. <laughs> no, because like, that's not. Uh, so uh, both of them are, are incredible. I had the chance to be with them for almost two years. And uh, and I, yeah, I, I think that uh, this changes, at least for Sachs, because I don't know what Spence is going to do. It's going to be uh, a great thing for him. It's fascinating to me because I have twins and I know that they're, it, it, they're not normal creatures. In, um is it, is this the first time they've been apart? Yes, this is the first time they've been apart. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. We, we we'll get them on and ask. Um, this is a total side question. What? Uh, not I about cross. Um, what, you when I when I communicate with you, I text with you. But a lot of my European friends, like 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 Lazar, um, he, he Lazar Lazar Jukic, he 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 only WhatsApps. And I have a lot of European friend who only WhatsApp and they don't want me texting them like a Sim Malhorta, the, a doctor who's been on the show from yeah. the UK. He only wants to WhatsApp. Why, why is that? Why did you text? Oh, Lazar is an app guys? It's very well known here and it's very simple. You know, also you get, you get a, you get a notification when the message has been read and you can send files very, very easily. Uh, so it's, it's what, uh, what takes here, but talking about Lazar, something that I, someone that I still work with and I, what do you think is going to be um, his season like Brian? Because I know that Seban likes Lazar a lot. I do. I love him. Well, he he did make my top ten preseason rankings, and I and I wrote about him there that I was he was the one guy on the list that I was a little nervous that I had too low, but I also didn't feel confident putting him any higher yet. So I think he has the potential to improve upon his games performance last year this season. Okay, I mean, I, I think that I think that he showed to me as, as his coach, he was so extraordinary in in uh, in Dubai with mm-hmm. a field that we know was quite challenging too and uh, he stood his ground and i'm very i would say that the field was uh it was moderately challenging there were four very very good men there there okay. were a couple yeah. others that have high level potential because but we're you're... About, 
yeah, because we we always you know decided to 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 aim for the podium. So there were five people that they all would have access to that. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. And so to beat sixty percent of those, and you're the other twenty percent, and you really beat seventy five percent of the threats. Yeah. That's obviously very very good. No, I've been I've been a, a big fan of his for a long time. And really, since I saw him in Dubai the last time that they had a competition, and he placed fifth there behind Velner, Fukowski, VKG, and Roman. I was like, and and he was beating guys like Yonakowski and uh, a host of other games athletes. That was a very impressive games field, and to take fifth there, or Dubai field, and to take fifth there, told me that he had top ten games potential, which he he met that expectation last year. I think he can. I think he can push for top five this year. Especially when I look at the guys that are ahead of him, you know, Medeiros is going to be there. He's very young, and obviously, he's the guy to beat right now. I still think Velner and Fukowski and BKG are relevant and and podium threats. Mm-hmm. But you look at Saxon's changing environment. You look at Yonakowski; he had an off-season injury. You look at Gimaeros; he won three events at the games last year. Like that is a lot of points. Is he going to win three events every year? No. So can he pass him? Maybe. And then uh, he's not going to win three events at the games every season. Well, you maybe five or seven. Uh, we'll we'll oh, see. Come. Man, well, we no have one's to pull, beating Medeiros or Tia. Med- no, 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 we're no, in no, the Medeiros no. era. We're talking man. about individual events. At the I game. understand, but I'm just saying that. What I'm game, saying is Medeiros historically is on the men's side, Facundo, for your own uh, education I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just listening. I'm just listening here. No, but winning winning three events this year already puts him one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, tied for eleventh in all of history. For a games event wins. And there's only two men in history who've ever won more than eight. So it's hard to win three events in one season. Fikowski won four his rookie yeah, year. Yeah. He's won three since then. I mean, he's been working very, very hard. And I think that many of these imbalances on the leaderboard that you saw last year are going to be minimized. The, the, the oh, that, I would not believe, I would not be surprised by that at all. Uh, but the point is that the guys ahead of Lazar, with the exception of Medeiros, all of them have this like, you know, I'm not saying like Velner and Fukowski, they're 31 and 32, 33. They should be fine, but you never know. And all of the others, there's like just a little question mark for me. So Lazar could make a big jump up this year, I think. Because I don't have any real questions with him. Everything looks good. I think he's got a really, I really like his coach this year. Thank you. Uh, and he's, from what I can tell and what I know, he's improving on the thing that he needs to improve on most at a steady rate. And uh, I don't think he's giving away anything else that he's really already exceptional at. Um, do you know Do you know Laura very well? Yes. Very, very, very okay. Well. Please talk to her. Thank you. Uh, I, I I did not abandon good dudes. What happened is is this guy said, "Hey, I want to sponsor your show," and I said, "I I drink good dudes already," and he insisted, and he's like, "I don't care. You can push good dudes as hard as you want. I just want to give you money. I love your show." And I'm like, "Well, sh- sh- okay." Uh, I can't. I don't really feel comfortable doing that. Why don't you send me a shitload of coffee and I'll start drinking it? And he sent me a shitload of co- coffee and I started drinking it. He sent me this dope mug, and and he gives me money. And so it's like I would still drink good dudes, but this shit's great. And 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 he won my heart over. So there. So I get money and I fr- free coffee. The way and- to Savan's heart is his wallet. <laughs> well, well, it's not. It's one way. One way. <laughs> one one other way too. Um, any, any, any new, anything that we're missing Facundo? Is there any surface that we're not scratching? Is there any new, ad- well, we'll let me, I want to the- circle back to the Australians. Okay. How does it happen that Kara in this point of her career decides to follow a mayhem program? Because it's a great program. 
and same for Baden Brown. Like, was this was was, was there a conversation involved? Did they reach out to you guys and say, "Hey, what would it look like if no. you wanted to do this?" Yeah. Or did they say, "We want to do it," and you're like, "Great." Well, I know that Kara uh, had uh, some some talk with Reach when when they launched the eyewear together. Uh, you know, and from that, Kara uh, expressed it's like, you know, do you think we can do that and so on? And of course, I think what what happened. And uh, no, generally, we you know it's. I, I don't know what it with with Baden, but I know that very often people reach us and you know we have a conversation, and what we try to do with that type of athletes is just not provide the generic programming, but provide some ads on. I mean, okay, this is our Mayhem Compete program, which is extraordinary, but if you are missing something specific that is not fully expressed on the daily or the weekly program, you know. Jake, our our head coach for Mayhem Programming, our director, or me or Darren, or whoever said, okay, well, we contact our athletes and we just want them to, you know, to have access to everything we can do for them. So I think that for many elite athletes, that is uh, something that sounds very uh, and, uh, and I'll, if Correct me if I'm wrong in this regard, but part of the Mayhem Compete programming is that I think you guys have experts in a variety of different fields. I think you have Chris, Sage, and Pamela that work with the yeah, three sets. Hinshaw, of course, uh, for every capacity. Pamela for gymnastic. Uh, Kelly Starr is doing all the mobility and presenting everything, preparing, uh, for for example, for the Open. Uh, a couple of hours after the the 22.1 was announced, we created a reel that lasted quite some time in which we have Kelly Starr talking about how to prepare the body for the workout. Pamela talking about gymnastics, walks, and so on. And so our our people, our our, our athletes are we try to take care of them as, as much as, as, as we are able to. So yeah, that is, and this yeah. is, I mean, and this, I think it's important for people to understand that. I don't, I don't know the makeup of every, you know, kind of mass pushed out program there is, but in this case, you, you, what I do know and what you just affirmed is that you have these experts in these different fields that are working together to provide yeah. the highest level gymnastics, the highest level of mobility, the highest level aerobic training. And am I right? The Sage Bergener works with you guys for the weightlifting. Yeah, Sage, is, Sage is, the, is our weightlifting, yeah. So you know they're drawn. They're, they have somehow or another have brought together the premier. I, I think all four of those are, if not the the best, amongst the the best in in each respective field to put together a program that's extremely well rounded. And in the case that you have someone who is a, a serious competitor who needs a little bit more than that, has access to someone who can maybe give them the more personalized approach. Yes, but that's what we are working hard on, and we are we were very happy last year with the amount of people following our program that qualified to the games. One sixth of the field were following Mayhem athletes, and uh, you know, it, it, and it's, not, it's not just about the number. Maybe this year is less, maybe it's more. We are not wanting to improve our number; we just want to improve the program that we that we offer and the, the, the possibilities that it that it, uh, that it entails. And we are very happy with the work that has been done. Did you did you say one sixth of the field of athletes follow Mayhem programming? Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong. It's the number, right? Yeah, uh, Morning Chocolate wrote about this. Yeah, following the games last year, and I'm not. And then they had a huge amount of um, uh, age group athletes as well. And um, crazy. And now this year they're fielding four four teams. We haven't actually talked about two of the teams yet. Um, yeah, but yes, I mean, that's a good one. And, you know, everybody who uh, who qualified to the games was invited to come to Mayhem in the month of July to prepare, you know, to get into the competition mindset and so on. You talked with our extraordinary Jimmy the other day, Seban, and we, we want to offer them uh, 
everything we've got in order for them to get to where they think they have to go or they belong. Whether it's a podium or I should include I should include uh, Jim as an expert in his yeah, field yeah. along yeah. the lines of all of those others that we listed. Yeah, that's 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 what it is. So that's that's what we're doing. We are very happy. And uh, yes, Ivan, it was one six of the field. It's nuts. Uh, has Car has Cara been out there? Saunders has she trained there? No, At she's the, not been yet yeah. to integral goal. Yeah, I don't think she can. I don't know whether she can or she can't, but I understand that she might be coming earlier uh, qualifying to the CrossFit Games. I I don't mean for uh, the I don't mean because we live in a per giant prison. I mean because uh, personality, I personality. I think there is no greater alpha in the sport than Cara Saunders. I think she's even more alpha than like Matt or Rich or I think she is like she's she's like the Clydesdale only one horse in this like in this uh I don't mean a derogatory at all I just think that's the I think she is um she's a she's a powerhouse I I I suspect yeah I think she's a very special well, the other thing is I think back on her career and I don't know <clears throat> that she's really spent very much time in an environment where there are a lot of high level athletes oh. She's trained very much on her own over her career um, and then showed up and competed against every, like it's, it's almost old school to me. Like, you know, back in, in the early days, people would do all the training, then they'd get together and compete. And I think she's been mostly staying to herself for her career. I never saw her hang out with the girls in the back, by the way, just for whatever that's worth. There's no, there's no point to what I'm saying, but she would hang with the dudes and, and like, and like, it, maybe, maybe, maybe because, can, yeah, maybe because she lifted more than, yeah, <laughs> but but it kind of reminds me of like when you would hear about um uh, King Richard, Serena, and uh, Venus's dad. Like like th they only played with guys, and 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 so you know there's this um I don't know, but there is the there's definitely it, it is fascinating, Facundo. Like what you were saying, like you love going to Mayhem and just watching them move, and it's also just the presence of these characters, right? They're like they're like they're like mythological creatures kind of you're like there's the unicorn there's the pterodactyl there's the i mean they're well, almost you like know, you know me as a coach i i see them when, when i see them compete or or, or doing workouts for adaptations which are not based you know to have a great time but to move better to learn something of course i am amazed of, of the quality of their performance but then again when they are out of there they're human beings and you can see their 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 frustration their fears there, you know, which is part of being a competitor too. You, I, I there's no competitor who's happy, you know, not happy, but like sure that everything is going to go the way they want to go. So of course these elements exist, and and this equation of seeing this incredible display of fitness, and then having the chance to work with them as you know as the human beings we all are, uh, because when I see them competing, I don't take them as human beings. I see Haley Haley training, and she's not a human being. She's you know, yeah, from another world. They're like it's like it's like the in 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 uh, Greek mythology was it Prometheus like they they go back and forth between the being uh, yeah. playing with the gods and coming down and, and and playing with the humans yeah yeah it's a good it's a good um, yeah but as, as well said we still have two teams I just want to come back to it so we have Mayhem Independence and we have Mayhem, Mayhem Justice and Mayhem Independence you already talked to Angelo I think Angelo is going to be back on the on the call with you very soon yeah tomorrow and, tomorrow uh, tomorrow evening so uh, well. Luke and Angelo are very well known. I, I'm sure you know Alexis Johnson too. And Sasha was the first uh, Argentinian athlete that that moved to Cookville when we started all this project. And uh, she comes from the weightlifting world. 
and she's been working very hard. I, I had a chance to work with them when I was in Cookville uh, as a team, the first full team uh, workout. And uh, I have to say that I was very surprised on, on, on the quality they have as, as, as athletes. The other team, uh, may have Okay, wait, let me, let me try this. So Go. Jessica Kalagian, yeah. she made the semifinals last year. I, I think okay. she got a backfill and competed there. She's Armenian. She might be Armenian. If uh, I'm not sure, she is. Isn't it, is she, does she coach at, at in Cookville? I don't know. Actually, that I, I think that Aniston, the other woman, is a coach there. Yeah, Aniston is a coach, yeah. And and, and, ben, and ben is our one of our media jewels. But Ben missed making semifinals after the backfields wow. by like five five positions last year. I know it's pure talent. So there, you know, and then Seth, I, Seth is the one I know the least about. So Seth is, uh, he, this is funny. This group of people. Which one of those is the dude in there? I see three girls and a guy. <laughs> <laughs> ben uh, is the dude. Ben is, is the dude. Is, oh, is he's, hot. he's hot. He's yeah. hot. Uh, and uh, this is people that, you know, they, they train together at, at the open gym in Mayhem. Well, as you, as you know, Anderson is a coach. Um, and they finally realize that they have the capacity, the potential, the quality to create a team and probably make it, surely make it to the CrossFit Games. Uh, and, surely. I and, think uh, I think they can make the games. I think it'll, it'll fourth or fifth in a semifinal is realistic yeah. for this team. And, uh, you know, yeah, Ben is, is, is challenged Dre as a fittest cameraman on earth. <laughs> uh, that's it. And um, yeah, it's you know it's very cool. This is a movie. This guy Seth is pre- he's pretty young. He's pretty. I mean, they're all very young. I mean, I'm old person, Brian. So for me, everybody's very young. Jose <laughs> Bans has the same uh, opinion. But hey, um, is it, that he's like the next Marcus Philly. Is that really true? He has a movie. It's called The Man in a Van or whatever. Well, in a film directed by Ben Looper, which is our uh, one of our media team members, uh, and Catherine uh, said. Tell so. them to change the name of that to A Man in a Van, and then that movie's ready to go. That okay. that, that guy with the van, I like A Man in a Van. It's got a little more Doctor Seuss to it, right? I will, yeah. But this is our four teams, and I, I I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely excited about the the hard work they've been doing, and of course, there is Mayhem Freedom. Which we haven't mentioned, but uh, of course they're there. There it is. Is that the movie? It's a short movie, or yeah. it's a is that the trailer? That's the short movie. Oh, I can't wait to see that. I'm actually going to watch that. Eight minutes. You even have two minutes to spare on the assault bike. Yeah, it's true. Hey, hey, who does the graphics? You were talking about how great the media team. The graphics are great too. The cards are great with like them kind of splitting the fours like that, and their names in the corner. I'm digging it. Yeah. So Ben does a lot of the graphics himself. Ben Davidson, um, and uh, but I think that they, they also divide a lot of the work. I mean, one of the things we do in Mayhem is not like this is my thing, nobody touches, I do it on my own. You know, whoever brings something interesting to the table, we are celebrating that that's great, and we all do that. Uh, yeah, whether it's media or project of training or or whatever that is. So, I bet uh, you no one touches a marker and writes on the board when Rich is in there. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit more complicated. It's true. Sorry, someone grabs the marker. grabs the marker and writes something up there. And he looks at it for a second and then he just erases it. That's a bit more complicated, but uh, yeah. Oh, Caleb, you're a good dude. You sent me a link to that movie in the private chat. You are a good dude, Brian. 
Facundo. Yeah, I'm gonna, I thought you had more. That's when. Oh, so so well, there you were going to talk about Australia. Were you going to? Oh no! So you brought up Cara. We got Royce done over there. Is there anything that we? So we talked about Saxon. We talked about the war. We talked about uh, the athletes in uh, Europe. Uh, Lazar. We talked about uh, Manon. Manon. I mean, we talked Sam about. Well. Is there anything we're missing? There, no, did you get any new athletes? Did, is it true you signed Fraser? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Good. That, that's why Mara Keith came into uh, uh, HWPO. <laughs> no, no, no. I think we're very happy where we are now. We are, we are, we have a lot of work to do. We are doing it the best we can, uh, and uh, we are very eager to start this season. Uh, you know, I, that's where we are on. I think we're done. Unless you want to say something about the, more about the five languages he speaks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's, it's very boring, but no, I mean, I mean, that's where we are. I think that, uh, that it's, it's, I said, again, we are very eager of starting this season and, and see how our work, uh, can be expressed, uh, in terms of attitude, in terms of our programming, in terms of, uh, our community. Facundo, do you think this is the year Haley makes the podium? Mm. Um, yes. I, I mean, think I think she's I think she's like, I think it, I think it could be too. I think you are the wrong person to ask because Haley's like a sister to me, like a daughter. But there, there was no way that I would tell you something that she's not possible to do. I saw when I what I noticed in in Miami was that um, her legs look bigger in yeah. a good way. She 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 she's been getting stronger. She um she um she's ready. You know she. She's she's so extraordinary. Um, I think that it's going to be another great year for her because you know whether it's fourth, fifth, sixth, third, the fact that the only teenager that managed to came to come from as a champion and to immediately made it six six of the games and to stay there and to not be afraid of you know back in the day I remember the first time we traveled together abroad was in London and she was competing in uh, strength and depth and there was Jamie, Christine Halty, Sarah. Um, you know, uh, all the girls, the strong girls, and you see Haley. She was 17 still, I think, back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the games, and you know, she stood her ground, and and from there on, she didn't do anything. Well, wrong. and then she came back the following year, and it was her and Gabby and Laura, and there was, yeah. and then yeah. everyone else, you know. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, the 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 rating which is growing as an athlete, it's extraordinary, and uh, I cannot say anything. You know, she she's able to do whatever she sets her mind to do. That's my my, my, my answer on her. Hey, do you think that, um, in, in my, in my mind, the, the woman's podium only has one spot. Is, is the men's podium the same? Oh, I don't in, think in my mind, the men's podium has two spots open. Uh, the, the top of the podium, I mean, yeah. Like I, th- I think that Tia and Laura have it uh, secured and there's only one spot on the podium and in the men, Medeiros has it t- taken and there's two spots. Is there, is there, do you guys uh, think that way? And if there was a man, uh, is that true? Do you think that there's two spots taken on the men's podium too, or no? Like I, 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 I think that Justin is an extraordinary athlete and a super nice person to talk with and, you know, to, to relate with. I would like him to see win again and see how he wins. And then they always said, okay, this guy belongs there and it's going to be very difficult to take him away. But one year of winning the CrossFit Games, I doesn't make me feel super comfortable saying he's there Understood. today and he Understood. locked that first position. I would Understood. not say that it's going to be easy to beat Tia for sure, of course. She, well, she well, well, okay, then, then how about this? Will you give me this? He's going to be on the podium. 
Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Medeiros. I mean, I mean if, if you're not going to give him the number one spot, you got kind of got to give him number two or three based on his well, performance you know, last year. Maybe, Sam right? when was at the game 2013, she won. And mm-hmm. the following year, she didn't qualify for the CrossFit Games. Right. Right. Uh, and then she stayed. I mean, it was maybe, maybe the fittest of them all. After 10 years competing, she's still at this play of, you know. Right. I, the way I see the, the, the landscape um, is if you want to make the podium at the Games on the men's side, you have to be prepared to beat two of Justin Banderas, Pat Vellner, BKG, and Brent Fikowski. Those are still the four guys to beat. And if you want to get on the podium, you're going to have to beat two of them. Uh, and for the women's side, there's Tia. And after Tia, I think if you want to get on the podium, the women standing in your way are Laura, Gabby, Haley. Those yeah. are the, that's that's okay. like the next group for me right now. So you have Gabby and Haley with Laura. <sighs> no, I would say that. Well, I put out my rankings. I said I think I had I think I had Tia, what I mean Laura, is I, I, Haley, like I just Gabby. see them in tiers. I see Tia yeah. in her own tier kind of hanging out, and then she flies at thirty thousand feet, Laura flies at twenty thousand feet, and it's in and then you have and you have basically Haley and I and I put Haley probably above Gabby also. I, I think Haley's Haley's in her own tier. And then and then it's 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 a, it's really amazing to do that too. And it's it's they probably resent the fuck out of me for saying that if they even listen. But it is crazy that the top people are so damn good that I they mean, can set themselves away. It's nuts. Gabby's an extraordinary athlete. It's an extraordinary athlete. And I think she's going to an incredible rate. So I would never discard her uh, on anything. Uh, and You know what's so fascinating about it? Since the 2019 games, the first event, which was had legless rope climbs and, and she got eliminated. I saw you today. She hasn't done legless rope climbs in a live competition since then. Was not there in London for Australian Dead when she finished? I think there was a legless workout in uh, that year when Laura and, and Haley were competing. Okay. Because I, I think that I talked to her and she said, no, it's getting better. I, I, maybe it's my, in my head. Uh, I guess I was know, thinking the 2020 and 2021 game seasons didn't yeah, happen. Yeah. I mean, all of, yeah. I think that there are things that... Uh, they are working on and hopefully, you know, if there's an, a big chunk of handsome push-up streak, Laura is able to manage to do so. If Gabby uh, with a leg list and, uh, you know, and will but what's really, what was really as fascinating is if they, if either of them make it to the games and even if they have that bad workout, it's okay. But depending on how the semifinals end up going, the two of the program workouts are programmed by CrossFit. The other four or five workouts, we don't know are free to program. And and you've seen it in the past with people like Katrin Davis daughter, like Sam Briggs, who had one workout show up at a regional. That yeah. was just something they, that everyone in the field beat them at. And that was enough to keep them out. And we, and everyone who, who knows who I am knows how good the women's field is in Europe. And if boom, a, a workout shows up, that's got strict parallel deficit handstand pushups. And Laura takes bottom five in that workout is that can be enough to keep her out of the games that, you know, I know, but you know, as I said before, I'm, I'm, many of my athletes are in, in the Brazil semifinal, which two spots, two men, <clears throat> two female, two teams, and we have not only Guy, but we have Agustin Richelme, another mayhem athlete that mm-hmm. has uh, won last last year BCC. He didn't do very well at the games, but he's an extraordinary extraordinary athlete. And you know, of course, he I'm could finish good. in the top ten in the Open. By the way, sorry, yeah, yeah, he, he won. He, he won twenty one point. Three, I think, or two. The one with the with the muscle ups and the thrusters and the, and the uh, thrusters. Yeah. He won the world in that workout. So he's an extraordinary athlete. And but yet again, nobody can afford a big mistake with two spots <laughs> at that level of competition. It's what it is. I think that's the first time I've ever sneezed in a podcast. <laughs>
Um, I have a question for you, Esteban. Yes, sir. After now some weeks pass since Dave is not anymore at CrossFit, do you see any difference? Do you feel that things are settled and everybody has forgotten Castro and we move forward? Or do you think that there's a void that's still there on the air? I'm okay, I, I, I got to go. <laughs> 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 um, I, I, I just... I'll, I'll say this. It's not surprising to me that they said that they were going to do day. The, 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 the company, the company, since it was sold has no, has lost complete integrity. It's completely lost its way of integrity and following the truth. Now, whether that matter, who that matters to, why that matters, whole different discussion, but it's completely lost its way of telling the truth. Everything that comes out from the mothership, not everything, 90% of what comes out from the mothership is double talk, bullshit lies. And, and, and the open just showed it again. They said it was going to be Dave's workout and it's not Dave's workout. So in that regard, that would be my comment on that. I know that doesn't answer your question exactly. Um, I know that the show goes on, um, and I'm happy to see it go on, but, uh, but, but, but I think there, I think, I think it's a, TBD to be determined. Okay. They went from TDC to TBD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Facundo, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. And I uh, hope I get to see you very soon in a competition, especially you, you Brian. Well, that you might be in luck with it, with regards to that. You're not coming to Knoxville? Um, TBD. Okay. To, to where? To, no to Knoxville? Knoxville, yeah. Yeah, you must be stoked two weeks in a row there. Oh, That's no, nice. I'm, going to go, I'm going to go to one week because I have uh, I have the Lowlands where hopefully Lazar and Manor are going to compete. And then I have to go to Brazil for, uh, for uh, well, the team and he and uh, Agustin and Piero and then a couple of athletes that we have competing there. Also, Victoria, who is the last person who didn't make it to the quarterfinal. To the Campos? Yes. She's also a Mayhem athlete. So, uh, but yes, thank you so very much for your time. And... Uh, Till very soon, I, I hope. Yes, thank you. Thanks for coming on. S Sunday morning even. Wow, you're a good dude. <laughs> It's afternoon there.